1: Welcome to another edition of Talking Yang, the fantasy football sometimes podcast that Chris, Liss, and I do, associated with rotowire.com. Not just associated, we are rotowire.com. So uh, we are sponsored by Fantasy Draft for this episode. We want to thank the folks there for sponsoring us. Go play there if you play DFS, especially their head-to-heads. Good deals there. Uh, Week seven is almost in the books. We still have the Monday night clash, the titanic clash between the New York Giants and the Atlanta Falcons. Chris, are you just uh, brimming with anticipation for this? Are you going to stay up and watch it? Or are you still going to do your Portugal thing and watch it in the morning uh, on the forty-minute uh, broadcast?
3: What do you think?
1: You're going to do the forty-minute one in the morning?
3: Yeah, not even <laughs> considering. <things laughs> if you were up. six to zero, I, would you stay up for it? No, wait. Well, there's no point. There's no payoff in it. And secondly, um, I learned my lesson the hard way. You know, when I was in Portugal watching uh the start of last year's season uh, I had the Patriots and Survivor against the Chiefs and I got kind of excited plus I had faded Kareem Hunt everywhere thought he was overrated uh, and I was excited to watch the game and watch the Patriots crush and um you know what happened the Chiefs beat them on that Thursday night Kareem Hunt went crazy and it was 3:30 in the morning and I you know I already lost the Survivor pick before the, you know it was the opening Thursday I didn't even make it to the opening Sunday and I realized, never again. The only other time I did it was uh, at the end of the uh, season in Barcelona. You know, I was in Barcelona and, and the uh, Patriots-Falcons Super Bowl, which I bet a considerable amount on the Falcons getting three. And they were up 28-3 oh, no. at the end of the third quarter. Oh, no. <laughs> and it was five. It's an hour actually even later than here. So it was like 5 o'clock in the morning, and my family's sleeping in the hotel room and listening on headphones, sitting in a chair watching, getting more and more enraged. And no outlet for it. I just had to go to sleep and try to like be exhausted the next day and continue with my vacation. So Super Bowl's tough, but for regular season, never again. Last night
1: I recorded the game because I had soccer and I just I stayed in the cone of silence. Uh turned the channel to make sure it wasn't on that, you know, on that channel when it came on, because I knew I'd probably be about in the fourth quarter when I got back. Put it on like ESPN. The first thing I see. When I turn it on, is their ticker with the score
3: 4510. I'm like, ah. <laughs> now you can't watch.
1: But I still had to watch it because, you know, I'm trying to, it's my Bengals. I got to watch it and just see yeah, what the hell wrong. And knowing that, so I knew what the score was going in.
3: I'm like, ah, this is terrible. This is just terrible. <laughs> terrible. But. That's, that's a terrible watch, knowing the score. I, I've actually only caught the score before, and I'm always like, how do they get there? How many fantasy points? But it, it's just boring because you know what's going to happen. The other thing that actually can trip you up, though, is, you know, so even on the edited version, uh, you can see how much time is there. So yeah. say it's 43 minutes or something. If you're on minute 42 and change and there's a chance there's a field goal to go to overtime – you know they missed that field goal
2: because
3: <laughs> there's enough time left. You know, like that's the, there's like certain giveaways, but for the most part, the, the day after is pretty good. Yeah, well, and
1: yeah, 14-7 in last night's game at the two-minute warning, you know, but I know it's going to go ugly. And so it it was really bad. And of course, they scored the first play after the two minute warning three and out another field goal. It's 24, seven and a half. Okay, yeah, this is what I expected. The only thing is I have a lot of Kareem Hunt. I have a lot of Mahomes. I have a lot of Tyreek Hill. So at least I can see that. Finished second in the Stopa DFS thing this week. Uh, If I had gotten anything at all from Tyler Boyd, I would have won it. I was like four points out. Uh, and he was scoreless at the, you know, targetless. I think after at halftime, and I got three garbage time catches basically late, uh, and that wasn't nearly enough. But you know, just and I didn't, I wasn't even following. I didn't want to be spoiled, so I didn't even like check those DFS standings. I knew I was off to a decent enough start, and other people were doing badly. Uh, I was like, oh man, I know I got Kareem Hunt going here. All right, all right. He scored the first two touchdowns on receptions, no less. Feeling pretty good, and just. And then Uzuma gets the touchdown for the Bengals. Like, okay, that's not good. And, you know, just, it was just, oh, you just knew it was just going to be just nothing. And that's always frustrating, too.
3: I, I literally forgot to enter a lineup this week. I, re, I you realized. You would have lost
1: anyhow. To, like, you would have had a bunch of, no, you couldn't even do a bunch of Giants this time.
3: Maybe you would know. have won. I don't know. I, I, uh, I don't know. what I, It's impossible to say what I would have done. I don't even know what the prices were. Right. right. All right. Let's start with a
1: couple of uh, news items, starting off with, again, you know our time slot on XM. I like our time slot. I like it. I start my day talking, you know, on the show. You know, can rehash everything that happened last the night before, whether the sport kind of, and then I'm off to do whatever I want to do for the rest of my day. You get to finish your day basically with it. Uh, but news breaks after all the time, and in this case, it's the case of the Amari Cooper trade. He goes for a first round pick to the Cowboys.
3: Yeah, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, he was like the what fifth overall pick or seventh overall pick a few years ago. Fourth overall, fourth overall pick. And he's 24, you know, so some of the guys coming to the league now are like 23. I think Calvin Ridley is like 23 and he was a first round pick. It's a little excessive. I mean, you know, the problem is that this year it's hard for receivers typically to get up to speed in offenses right away. Usually the first year is kind of a bust, Mm -hmm. but he's still young enough that You know, if he's a cowboy for five years, he could be good. He was pretty good. I mean, he he was one of those receivers who came in and immediately got 1,000 yards a couple years in a row, two or three years in a row. He had a bad year last year, and he's been hit and miss this year. But he plays with Derek Carr, who sucks. And I don't know about Dak. It's kind of unclear how good Dak is. It's not really a jury's kind of out still, but maybe a second rounder would have been a better price. But I get it. It's, It's probably a little overpaying, but, you know, not crazy. Dallas has a real shot to win the division this year, and I don't know. It's not insane. It's probably a little too much. Uh, good trade for Gruden though. They got a first round pick, and they're going nowhere, obviously. So it's good for them.
1: Yeah. So they have three first round picks next year, and two in 2020 so far. Uh, they're trying to you know sell down anything that you know sell anything that's not bolted down. So they're totally you know totally tearing things out. And remember, they go into Vegas next year. Is it next year or in 2020? They're going to Vegas, but they're going. They're leaving
3: Oakland. Um, and they're yeah. kind of just spitting on them on the way out. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the move changed things that much, but I do think that they're smart, right? I mean, why would you, they, they should be tanking the season. They, they were right to trade Khalil Mag. Why waste two years of his prime before you're a contender? Why not get the picks? It just seems like, this, they're, they're doing everything correctly, and we'll see. Why if bring in some Gruden
1: th- if you're going to, you know, totally, totally tear things down? Though it doesn't seem like the type of coach for that. Uh, well, they gave him ten mind.
3: years. They gave him ten years, so he's obviously on board with that process. Well, right? Yeah, I guess so. I guess I guess that's probably, and it's probably his process. I mean, the, the, the narrative that Gruden doesn't know what he's doing is preposterous, right? I mean, their team sucks this year, and mm-hmm. I thought they'd be a little more competitive, but clearly now they realize that they're not, and they're Lynch is hurt. Not that he's that important, but just the whole team's kind of crap, and Derek Carr. Probably not the QB of the future. He strikes me as a, a backup, decent career as a backup. I don't think he's their QB. Probably take one next year or the year after. They could probably get something for him, like the Jaguars might trade for him or a team needing a QB. So yeah. that would be interesting. Um, that would be something they can get you know, second rounder for. I was joking on Twitter. I said seventh rounder, but maybe they get a second or third rounder for him. And I, It's hard to trade receivers during the year, and I think the trade deadline is... It's soon, right? It's in October. I know that. I think it's the 30th. It's uh, okay, so the end of October. So yeah, Which isn't know, that far know, away, guys, by the way. It's like eight days from now. It's weird that they traded a third rounder for Martavis Bryant because it's kind of going the other direction. But, uh, you know, he should. I think he could actually be good. Jordy and him. Someone's going to, you know, get run. And it might be Bryant.
1: It's Martavis it's Bryant gonna... who's appealing a suspension, right. uh, Jordy and Seth Roberts. Those are your top three right now. Uh, the other thing that's kind of interesting, Amari uh, Cooper just had his bye week. Now he's got another bye week. So yeah, he well, has some time to learn the, uh, the, the Cowboys offense. But guess what? He's also coming off a concussion, too. Let's not forget about that. So he might not have played anyhow this week.
3: We would. don't know what his status he, is. They always, play, they always play after a bye week for the concussion. I mean, in concussion, only in baseball do concussions go on more than a week.
1: Yeah, I guess.
3: I guess so. Um, and when do you ever see it? Every time they get concussed, they're back. Yeah, you're probably right. You're it's probably very right rare, unless that. they've had multiple ones. And, and I think somebody told me, it was, this is not my theory, but even though I am a concussion theorist, obviously, Yeah. but that in baseball, they haven't weeded out all the concussion-sensitive people. In football, they have. The people who couldn't handle concussions and bounce back quickly, they didn't get through college. They probably didn't get through high school football. So those guys have already been weeded out. Whereas in baseball, you could probably, you know, a lot of them have gotten concussions from crashing to the wall or getting hit by a pitch, but probably a lot of them never had a concussion. And they get one and they're like, oh, man, I, I'm dizzy for six months. You know, Maurer, Morneau, a lot of these guys, For Corey Koski, it messes them up. But I think in, uh, in the NFL, like, you're, if, if that's going to mess you up, you don't even make it to the NFL.
1: That's true. That's, I, it, it's kind of cold-hearted, but it's true. Probably You're, you're probably selection. accurate Natural about that. It's, I, don't, I can't test it, but it seems like it, it makes t- sense t- to Test me, it on it yourself. Well. Uh, I won't volunteer for that because I'm not going to make the NFL. Oh, I guess I've already been weeded out. Uh, so, okay. But a t- couple other things from this uh, that I wanted to talk about, too. Uh, this is the second trade that we've seen so far. Uh, we saw Carlos Hyde on Friday go to the Jaguars. I kind of thought that was kind of strange, to be honest with you, because – you know, Fournette's coming back after the bye, probably, unless they think it's like he has to have surgery on that hamstring. I, I don't really think – I don't really understand why they trade for another running back, and now they're going to have the three-headed monster issue. I guess it's not – it's more of an issue for us than it is for them. But the real problem is at
3: quarterback. I mean, Blake Bortles is a disaster. Yeah, he is. Although, I mean, they should have made the Super Bowl last year. If they just kept their, kept their foot on the gas, they may have won the Super Bowl with Bortles. Yeah. That's right. They were that good last year and they, you know, there weren't these rules in place that make it impossible to play defense and they they had the pay, they were up like fifteen in the fourth quarter against the Patriots. It wasn't like and that was the that was the uh, AFC title game. So and they just beaten the Steelers. They they could have won the Super Bowl last year with Bortles. But you don't want to do it that way if you can help it, right? And that's a hard way to do it. Easier way to do it is to get a decent quarterback. It doesn't have to be a star, but just somebody Competent, at least, and Bortles has not been that. He was like for a couple games, and he was a couple games last year, but he's just completely fallen apart. I'm not sure exactly why. I think it would help to have a running game that was, you know, sort of a reliable early down guy that can, you know, eat up chunks of yards and not have sort of a third downish guy that they're putting in the role. Although Yeldon was in college, I, I think when I told or read that he was actually a kind of a big time back. That, himself, so it's kind of weird. Um but yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do. They just use like what was Fournette taken with a couple of years ago, like the third overall pick? I want to say fourth fourth overall pick. Right? I think it is fourth. Yeah, I mean you take a running back with the fourth overall pick, has a solid rookie year playing through an injury, and he's t- you know and then he gets this other injury and all, all of a sudden TJ Yeldon, who I think was a second rounder a couple the year before uh Fournette, maybe two years before Fournette, and then you're going to trade for another running back who's kind of a heavy workload guy too? It's weird. Why not just sign like a Kenyon-Barner type and wait it out for a couple weeks? Yeah, and Carlos
1: Hyde, by the way, was a second-round pick too. So it's not like uh, he, he's some scrub too. It's three guys like that. Uh, yeah, it, I, I, I. It's sometimes weird to kind of see some of these moves happening and, and try to parse out what is happening. But the other thing about the Cooper trade was that Apparently, the Eagles had offered a second-round pick for him. So it's not just Dallas being desperate and being, you know, haha. Dallas gave up a first-rounder for him. I mean, although I still think there's, it's kind of crazy because Cooper will be a free agent after 2019. Uh, so they're going to have to pony up to kind of keep him for any sort of length. Uh, but, you know, it's he had some currency out there compared to, like, Josh Gordon who – you know, the the Browns took away all their own trade leverage by saying they were going to trade him before day X. You know, like, okay, well, we'll give you a token offer. Um, and, you know, it's, it was kind of a game of chicken, whereas, the, you know, the Raiders didn't have to make that trade. They weren't compelled to make it, and they still got what they I so mean, they the Browns didn't wanted.
3: have to make the trade either. I think they kind of screwed up because I guess they just thought Gordon was going to – they were going to have to lose him for nothing if they didn't trade him for something. And then New England's kind of rejuvenated him, but – um, it's, it's such totally different players. You know I mean? People are like, oh, Gordon's better than him and the Patriots got him for fifth rounder. Well, Gordon was better than him in 2013. Right. But, I mean, we really don't know and we still don't know. I mean, you know, Gordon looked good in this last game. He didn't look that explosive. Maybe it's the hamstring. Who knows how long he'll keep it together. Right. He's now like 27 or 28. Cooper's 24. It's, it's not really a one-to-one comp. I mean, I, I think you can make the argument both ways. Who's better? Obviously, the fifth rounder is a better deal. I'm not sure why teams didn't pony up a fourth rounder just to to take a shot, but I guess, you know, they don't want to look stupid. I think there's a lot of teams that are afraid to look stupid and waste a pick if Gordon ended up flaming out. The other trade,
1: uh, I mean, not the other news item, not the other trade. The other news item that I want to talk about was the uh, Jaguars name that uh, Bortles is going to start the uh, the Sunday early, early, early game uh, against the Eagles. But he's on a short leash, and uh, Cody Kessler is going to get first-team reps in practice. That yeah. kind of a conflict you would think between the two things the two statements.
3: Yeah. Well, I think that Bortles probably has experience dealing with London and that whole trip. So that's probably why they got to use them this week. It'd be kind of crazy to throw someone in there. That's never done that over someone who's done it. I think really, Especially do you think that's
1: yes. really a thing?
3: I think it's, yeah. I mean, you're like adjusting to a crazy different situation. Yeah. I think maybe like, Having experience matters, and also it's not like Cody Kessler lit it up. He was also really bad. Yeah, he moved the ball more, but like he threw a pick. He had five yards per attempt. It wasn't wasn't pretty. So it's not like he, you know, took the, you know, took the game over by. So it wasn't like Mayfield coming in for Tyrod Taylor that game against the Jets. Right, and incidentally firing everybody up.
1: Yeah, he put another ball on the ground too that they recovered. But yeah, so that's three th- three fumbles between the two quarterbacks combined. Yeah, I just, I thought I totally read that game wrong. I th- really thought that Jacksonville would be better at home. Once they got home there, you know, and of course the narrative was the defense was going to just wreak all sorts of havoc on that uh, offensive line for the uh, Texans.
3: We were and, spinning that narrative. That was us. It was our narrative.
1: Yeah. But I, I also read something else like, Ooh, you know, portals is much better at home. And I, I started buying into that. I actually put a DFS lineup in there with him. <laughs> that was a waste. Nice. Like that fire on the money on fire. Uh yeah, it's not like the Texans did anything. Watson only threw for 139 yards. He had 5.8 yards per attempt in this game, uh, too. Uh, he he had seven rushes for 13 yards. He did nothing really in this game. I'm worried about Watson. Uh, you know, he had he had to take a bus to the game last time. They said that that won't be something they'll need in the future, but you know they can't protect him. I, I'm it's that's still a big problem for this team or if they try you know if they go all out to protect them they're taken away from the rest of their offense he's not the same guy as last year by by any by any means and it's because this offensive line is just junk
3: yeah but i mean they survived probably the worst test they would have so maybe things are turning around a little maybe they're turning a corner
1: i don't think so offensively i think they just took advantage of field position
3: might be they, they didn't do much but sometimes you don't have to do much either so you just hand it off a lot i mean when lamar miller's getting 100 yards and a touchdown you know you know it's an easy game yeah i mean
1: and the thing is he carried four and a half yards per carry so i mean maybe they just had this game plan you know i'm, I'm gonna have to rewatch this game and that's just gonna be total utter drudgery but uh i'll do it because um, i care uh, but it's it's later on my list of rewatches. The good thing is I mean uh, there, there's fewer to rewatch because there's an extra standalone game and so and then I made a point of like making like Patriots Bears kind of treat that as my primary and then like I'd keep an eye on the other games via Red Zone on one channel and the primary actually has one game on the Grid channel so it was a little bit easier as opposed to like when the Bengals are playing among those games then I kind of just lock in on that game.
3: Yeah, I usually I usually have Red Zone as my big screen and then I'll open two windows for individual games and then the, the real task is just muting them before the commercials come on. And the commercials are always louder, so I'll be... The, and the other challenge is there's like three audio feeds going at the same time. So it's like I'm listening to three different announcers talk at once and watching you know, the Red Zone and then toggling between the other ones. And then if I'm not careful, I'll hear the music for a commercial and I'll have to get and pause that. And then I pause it and then when I think the commercial's over, I'll fast forward it back to the game. That's my, that's the way I do it.
1: Yeah, I can only have audio on one. Otherwise, it just, it's too distracting. It's too hard to concentrate. It just bothers me too much. It's just an aesthetics thing. Quick uh, sponsor note Uh, we want to thank Kalo, the functional wedding ring, for sponsoring us. Kalo is the name in silicon wedding rings. Uh, Kalo rings are designed to ensure your hands are safe and comfortable in the workplace, the gym the outdoors, and everywhere in between. Unlike traditional metal wedding rings, Kalo rings allow you to keep your ring on in times where a traditional metal wedding ring would need to be removed. Kalo rings allow people to live their lives safely and comfortably while representing their commitment to their spouse and family. Kalo has created a special code for our listeners. Use code ROTOWIRE at checkout to get 20% off your order. Kalo is the choice of firefighters, military, law enforcement, Carpenters, electricians, and mechanics for everyday wear Available in 18 different styles and over 50 colors Kalo is the preferred ring of pro athletes NFL players Kirk Cousins, Andy Dalton, Jordy Nelson, Derek Carr NBA MVPs Steph Curry and LeBron James And MLB All-Stars Mike Trout, Bryce Harper, and Chris Bryant All trust Kalo on and off the field Visit Kalo.com and Don't forget to use code ROTOWIRE at checkout for 20% off your order Thank you Kalo for sponsoring Talking Yang all right, moving on, Chris. Uh, one of the things that uh, we talked about, Kaylo, uh, not not related to Caillou the cartoon, is it? Not at all. And I'm so, you know I'm so far removed from that era of television. I,
3: we, we we barely even saw that, but I just remember someone mocking it and uh, yeah, and agreeing 100. We never really we never really got too into that. Thankfully,
1: that that show in particular, we didn't. We had our other shows, but I actually yeah. thought the Kids television at one point was okay. There are some shows I actually liked. Um, there's a show called Phineas and Ferb on the Disney Channel. I liked a lot um, and a couple other ones that were not bad. backyard against also was another good one if you've got young enough kids, but now that they've they're outgrown of that, the stuff they watch now is worse like the, the stuff for the younger kids was actually okay and entertaining. but the stuff now I just ugh just yeah thirty minutes you're done. Get it off. But, uh, you know, it's all right. Uh, Sasha List doesn't watch much TV, I take it?
3: Uh, she watches on the weekends, and she watches some true garbage. Because we just – we sleep in, and we for the remote and Netflix. She knows how to navigate. Yeah. And there's always something terrible that's on. You know, we like like Peppa Pig, but she's kind of outgrown that. She hasn't really. She thinks she has, but I still could watch Peppa Pig. Um, and there's some like that that are simple, but there's a lot of really bad, like, Disney ones and stuff. Yep. Really uh, yep. horrible values, man. It's like just – it's written by some very cynical people. Nickelodeon, cynical. same thing too. There's some bad. It's just stuff the, the message is very cynical if you really think about what they're what's being communicated to them, and the voices are super screechy and annoying, and the way they talk, it's like you really think you should be talking like that. Are These they like talk, real, like real life characters, or are they animated? They're animated, but it's like valley speak, and like super exaggerated, and what what passes uh for personality is it's just embarrassing which shows uh, are these I, I need to know so i can make I, sure. I can't i can't no i mean this is stuff for like six seven eight year olds i'm sure your girls are way too old probably for this but probably so but this but is just garbage did. i mean I, I sometimes walk in i'm like what are you watching i was like you know this is garbage right and she just like looks at me like i like it <laughs> it's just like i like it.
1: and then she yeah. beats you up because she's bigger than you already
3: uh, she's getting there. Yeah, there's a lot of people who've uh, with bad backs who've tried to lift her up in Lisbon. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, okay, fourth down.
1: Got to talk about it. We talked about it on the show today. I mean, he's got. I still, it's still stuck in my craw here again today. I mean, we mentioned Marvin Lewis and his uh, you know profiles encourage moment of punting on fourth and four in the second series against the Chiefs near midfield. You just can't do that. And
3: I wouldn't say profiles encouraged. I say profiles in in obliviousness. Yeah, like I understand that. I was just, just making the job,
1: sardonic reference to profiles I, I understand. in
3: church. Okay. I understand what you meant, but it wasn't so much cowardice. I thought you meant it was like, yeah, the cowardly move. But I don't think he's being cowardly. I think he literally goes to his job just the way you could go to a job and do your routine that you've done for a long time and just never think about it. It just was that's what you do there. That's it. You know, it wasn't like he was scared to go for it. It just never occurred to him. You know, just as you said – on Twitter the other day, you know, the coach, oh, they're forced to punt. He felt he was forced to punt, and that was it. Yeah, It just never It never occurred to him. He didn't have an it internal It's not in the system.
0: Yeah. This
3: cash I mean, register it's, won't it's let it's me do possibly, that. It's yeah. possible he did, and he went the cowardly way. But I don't think I don't think those guys, the Garretts and the Marvels, have a real debate about it. They, if someone calls them out and their owner calls them out, like Jerry Jones did with Garrett, you might think of it then. But it just seems like. This is just what you do. This is just the lesson I've learned. That's it,
1: period. I think you're right. I think you're absolutely right about that. And I, I, yet, no, you know, he gets asked about it, and he's so dismissive in the media. Last week I told you about that uh, against the Steelers. That's the one that's still. That was the, okay, time to reevaluate my fanship, uh, my fandom. Uh, Just the fact that he he just didn't even consider it. It's like, no, no, this, this is what I do. And he didn't he, there you go? Yeah. I and I don't think I'm being a stats bro by being this way, too. I just you gotta think about this through. You gotta
3: give yourself the best chance to win these games. And yeah, I don't think I don't think you're being a stats bro or the, the Ted Bell term stats bro in that sense. I think the stats bro would be like you know assuming that Bill Belichick's an idiot for taking Sonny Michelle in the first round. You can disagree just because it's Belichick doesn't mean he doesn't make a mistake or he's always right, mm-hmm. but he probably had a good reason, you know, and like your studies have shown you just don't take a running back in the first round, it doesn't make any sense. That mentality, when you're applying it to someone who's won five super Bowls or six super Bowls or whatever they've won, and I would just say, you know it's probably not one of those things. You could say, well, I wonder what he thinks about it. You know, I, I wonder what what the thought process was. I, I don't I don't see it, but maybe he's, you know, I would be a lot more um open-minded to the fact that maybe that sort of blanket rule is not the always correct. Right. And you know, it's always
1: a matter of which team you're talking about, too. I mean, you, where they're at. This is a team that makes the the playoffs every single year, makes the Super Bowl like every other year at mo- at worst. Uh yeah. They 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 might be more of a finished product, and they think that they need this. And the fact is, getting Michelle back made that offense better. Getting Being a running team, alternating him and James White worked. That was the best part of their offense. And now they're out without Michelle for a few weeks, it looks like. Uh, the, the MRI came back showing no structural damage, is what they said. It's a week-to-week basis. Now, it means he's not playing this week, obviously, but... It might be in two weeks. You know, the Pats—the one thing they—they they are kind of tight with information, uh, even still. I mean, the fact that Michelle was considered a game time decision for that Sunday night game a week ago was kind of frustrating as I'll get out, but uh, that also happens too. But yeah, I, I agree. And the thing is, it's a good idea to try to avoid dogmatic statements like my just my current dogmatic statement that I just made. But you need to, you know, look at the context. Look at everything that's going on with that team. Look at their, where they are in the cycle of things. Look at what they saw in this particular player. It might make more sense. And well, you can't give that credit to every team. We will, you know, this is one time where appeal to
3: authority actually actually kind of applies a little. Bit. Well, I no, I wouldn't appeal to authority. It may be. It may, it may. It may. No, it, I'm not. I'm saying it may be a mistake. I'm just saying the fact that you think that he's just too dumb to realize his mistake is stupid. Yeah. You see what I mean? I'm not saying that he's wrong or that he may have made a mistake, or that he knows everything, but that when you're questioning a guy who's won that many Super Bowls, I think you should probably say, I don't see it. I'm not sure what he was thinking. I'd be really curious to know. Not like he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Because he does know what he's doing. It's just that it doesn't mean he's perfect. It just means the presumption should be that there's probably a good reason they did that. I also want to say more generally, a football team is a complex system. Right. And so it's very hard to know like how one part will affect it. Sometimes you remove a part. It's like Jenga. You remove a, a block and nothing happens. If you remove the wrong one, the whole thing collapses and you don't really know what that block is. Now, usually it's the quarterback, but the Eagles lost Wentz and the the stack stood, the tower stood. So sometimes that's not the piece. Other times somebody loses a defensive tackle. Who's really key and the defense can't stop the run. And the whole thing falls apart. There's, you know, hitters counts for the opposition I think that usually the quarterback would be the piece that, you know, you can't really do with that, that, that's the important piece. But had Brady gotten hurt, we didn't know who Garoppolo was last year. Maybe the Patriots would have won the Super Bowl or didn't, you know, at least gotten there with Garoppolo running the offense instead of Brady. And to because be honest, we it. still don't know what Garoppolo is. We don't entirely know what he is, but we know he's probably at least good, at least decent. So the point is the things you think, you know, it, it, would be the case or the things that are often the case or most likely the case aren't always the case in every complex system. They're all a little bit different. Every team's a little different. And some teams, they need this one particular ingredient to be sort of the finished product. Another team needs a different ingredient. And just because usually the quarterback's most important and usually, you know, the running back's not that important in many cases. And most running backs of a certain skill set are not, you know, or easy to find or interchangeable. Don't presume that's always the case. And this is a guy who's not only won all those times, but he's sitting there looking at his team, looking at the personnel, having coached it for all his years. And that was the pick he made. It doesn't mean it's right. It just means you should be giving him credit for the massive amount of success he's had and, and the fact that he's observing it at a level that you can't possibly. It doesn't mean you're, he's right. It just means don't be dismissive because it doesn't fit the rule that you have for yourself. Oh, quarter, running back first round, dumb pick. Okay, so that doesn't fit your rule. But that's a stupid way to look at it. The smarter way to look at it would be like, okay, usually I wouldn't take a running back in the first round. I wouldn't think the Patriots would, but you know, does he know something we don't about this particular back, about this particular the way this team is set up, about the way things are constructed? You know, you you'd give him the the benefit of the doubt. And that's what I don't see sometimes. I think, you know, they think that that, that because you know that things usually happen a certain way, that, that means it must be all the time. I'll give you a, a joke that my friend told me. He said, Two statisticians go hunt hunting, one of them shoots five feet to the right of the deer, one of them shoots five feet to the left of the deer, and they both say, Got him. You know, and it's like, no, you didn't get him. You on average you got him, but you didn't get him. And mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of kind of what goes on now. It's like on average you shouldn't take a back in the first round. But what about this year? You know, what about given the set setup for your particular team and the players that were left rated that pick? You know, what what about that? And I think that's something that you know, that's a tougher judgment call. The individual situation's tougher, even if, in general, you know, if you didn't know anything else, or, you know, you're saying next, you know, in 2022, the Bengals will have the 31st pick. You wish they did, because that means they made the Super Bowl. Should they take a running back? In a vacuum, you'd probably say, no, I'd rather than take a quarterback. No, nothing else. But that's not the situation we were in. We were in a situation where Belichick has a lot of knowledge about this, this very the specifics and So, again, you don't just defer to him, but you at least give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta.
3: I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic,
2: this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Right. The thing is, we don't always give everybody else the benefit of the doubt. You and I both do a lot of second guessing. Uh, and I sometimes wonder, you know, in our position, dudes dudes on a podcast, dudes on Twitter, you know, what are they doing and I, the example is more of a personnel one, which is one where I'm least qualified to make that. But I, I frequently wonder, why doesn't Duke Johnson get used more? I asked this question on Twitter, and I'm unsatisfied with the results. So I'm going to ask you instead, and I'm sure I'm going to get satisfaction out of it. What am I not seeing in Duke Johnson uh, that everybody you – know, it's not just Hugh Jackson, I feel like. It's been even before him that this this has been an issue. Maybe I'm wrong about that, the timeline there. But uh, it, different offensive coordinators at the very least – you know, they trade away Carlos Hyde. He still only gets four targets. He gets one carry. The previous week, he looked really good. Uh, this week,
3: barely, see. you know, he's barely heard from. What am I missing? Well, first off, you're missing that Duke Johnson, the last few years, last year he had 74 catches for 693 yards and three receiving touchdowns. So he got 93 targets last year. Uh, his first couple of years in the league, he got 72 to 74 targets each each year. So... He's had over 50 catches every year of his career. This year he's being underused, and I'm not exactly sure why. But, you know, he's – I don't know how great of a between-the-tackles running back he is. He's more of a change of pace, and they had two running backs on the roster in Hyde and Chubb. So they didn't really need him as a runner. I don't know why they traded for Hyde and drafted Chubb, just like I don't know why they traded for Taylor and then drafted Mayfield. I don't know why they're trying to get redundant on some of these positions, but they did. I'm not sure why they're not using him more. I don't think Duke Johnson is – so great i mean i think on the patriots maybe he'd be james white and james white's really good because the rapport he has with brady the he knows the system they know how to use him right but i don't know i think they should probably use them more and they probably will in the second half but it doesn't seem like a game-changing type of player to worry about
1: yeah maybe maybe it's just my pet guy um uh, and for for no other reason but i i just keep looking i mean he averages over nine yards uh you know, per reception um for a running back that's pretty high, and I, I just keep waiting to see why why don't you use them more um but they don't
3: well, they should with all the receivers down, especially that that's yeah, the weird exactly they have a i'm not sure i't I don't, i do not know why it seems like they should use them more that's true, but they definitely did use them last year, and it's just a one year thing, and even if they did use them, I'm not sure it'd be a game changer, but it would probably help them. It might also be. You no, know, is Landry playing in the slot or is he playing outside now? Because I know earlier in the year he was playing outside. And it, it may be that he and Duke Johnson, it's like he's a short pass catcher too. Maybe there's something going on with that that, they didn't, you know, he's a Jarvis Landry's not making, you know, deep, catching deep targets usually.
1: No, you're right. And he had, he had 15 targets, 97 yards uh, yesterday. So I think he did take away some of those. But come on, be creative. That's all I'm and, saying. And you've got,
3: you've got Njoku and Landry, although I think Njoku can go down the field a little bit. And Landry caught that ball for the touchdown that was down the field also. So not really sure why they exactly can't like spread it out and figure it out.
1: Yeah, two targets for Antonio Callaway. He's not part of the really equation anymore. Uh, Higgins didn't play. Uh, Ratley got like three targets. Prashad Perryman exists again. Now he's on the Browns. He actually got one, only one target. So... The answer, it's still not an answer to me. I don't, I just don't understand. Uh, They,
3: they had a really bad first half. I I don't, I don't think it's a serious team. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. I'm not really sure. Give it a couple games.
1: Yeah. Okay. I can't wait. I'll I'll be watching avidly or not.
3: Uh, Let's, let's take
1: care of uh, the other uh, live read we have. Uh, I want to thank our sponsor, FancyDraft.com, draft.com for uh, sponsoring this podcast. Some of the features for a fantasy draft is they have super flexible lineups. For instance, for the NFL, there's no kicker. And you can draft four running backs if you want. In the NBA, the lineups are even more flexible. You want five guards and two centers? No problem. A couple of the things they had uh, contests they have this week they have the $100,000 run and gun weekly feature, uh, GPP. It's a $25 buy in. Uh, they have the $500,000 fancy draft championship. $100,000 to first. And weekly qualifiers happening now through uh, it's a week 16 final. Uh, and then it's a rake free head to head contest for under $200 or half the rake for the other guys for the other guys, for the rest. So that means if you and a friend are in a hundred dollar uh, head to head, the winner gets 200. Fancy Draft takes no fees. This week you get a free $4, $4, free $4 GPP ticket within your initial deposit. Just sign up with refer code RotoWire. That's fancydraft.com refer code ROTOWIRE. Uh, we want to thank you guys for sponsoring us on this Talking Yang podcast. A uh, lot of failure in week seven, Chris, a lot of failure. I mean, the DFS failures were bountiful. I mean, if you used, I, you were trying to get some salary relief, you want to go Bortles or Bethard at QB, walked away pretty upset. Marquise Goodwin had that big first breakout game. And then Bupkis against the Rams. Now part of that's just the Rams are really good and they got the good pass rush going against the Niners. But it also is reflective of that offense. It's not a stable
3: offense. Although they look great against green Bay. And I, I wonder if I just foolishly took the Niners and the points, but you know, the Monday night game, they the short week and they, you know, had a heartbreaking loss against the Packers. They should have won and came home and just didn't have that much left. I mean, there's so much variation week to week. Maybe you can make up an anecdotal explanation like that. That might not really be why, but it just, you know, one week. I mean, the Rams defense sucked for two weeks. Seattle ran them over, like, it will. And, you know, now they're amazing, <laughs> you know? And so it's it's just so, uh, you know, maybe they finally figured out, maybe Marcus Peters got healthier, maybe they figured out what to do without eve They cleaned up the secondary. They definitely got past Russia, so there was not a lot of shots down the field. It was mostly just Kittle. So maybe the secondary actually didn't even matter uh, on Sunday. But it's just, it's hard to read too much into one week, right, because you just it's just the Niners were really good against green Bay. They were really bad against Arizona. Now they're really bad again against the Rams. Is it because the Rams are really good or they are good, but, or was it because the Niners had an enormously good game at green Bay for some random reason? It's, it's hard to know. Yeah, it is. And uh, I right, yeah. got some more breaking news, Jeff on the
1: pod. I just saw that breaking news. Did d did d did d did love bell? I'm, I'm assuming that's the one you're referring to. Yeah. He's not reporting this week, not reporting this week at all. Um, and the thing is, here's the thing. That report came out two weeks ago. Oh, Lev Bell told person X that they're going to report. He was going to report after the bye week. But he never told the Steelers that. And then uh, I was watching the the Fox pregame show and John, Jay Glazer came on. He said, well, he hasn't told the team when he's going to report. They have been in contact. They were negotiating over whether he'd get paid during the two-week wait, roster exemption window uh, w- whether he'd get paid for that, not, you know, he wasn't affirmatively saying, I will report. So maybe they didn't come to an agreement on that, you know? And the thing is, will he actually be out two weeks after reporting? We don't know that
3: either. There's a lot of things we still don't know. Yeah, it's gonna, This is such a dud. I mean, it's so funny because it might sound petty, like they're, you know, Bell is like fighting over the money, like in the, during the exemption period or whatever. But it's like, it's exactly what happens when, there's like a policy in place. Policy is we can franchise you. We can make you take 400 touches and franchise you and never give you a long-term deal. That's the policy. That's league policy. We're allowed to do that. And when you push back against the policy, it makes you seem kind of petty because you're the only one doing it. Like if you go to the dentist and I love using the dentist, I'll be like, how much for this fillings? And this? they're like, oh, it'll be 1,450 for this. And then your other plan will be 2000. i will be like, why don't we do the whole thing for like you know, twenty two hundred instead of thirty two hundred, and they're like, "Well, I don't, you know, we don't know." I'm like, "Well, it just seems like, you know, I'll do the whole thing, but we can get a discount." And you're like, "Negotiate." I negotiate at the dentist, and I've gotten money off for those things. And you, you seem like, well, dude, you can't negotiate at the dentist. Like that's just insulting to the dentist. But like, no, that's just their policy to push those costs on you and just charge some crazy amount. And it's like, of course, it's business. And you see this all the time. It's like impolite to talk money in society. It's in, impolite to. Negotiate, you know, openly. Stand up for it's, yourself. To stand cases. up for yourself in a thing where policy is that you just don't do that, you know. And
1: airlines it, especially are bad that way. We've had, we may or may have not had this discussion seventeen thousand times, but airlines right. are totally that way. Oh well, it's they, our policy uh, to have this change fee. Right.
3: Screw well, you. everyone gets, everyone goes belligerent, you know, on the on the customer service reps at airlines, but. When you're in a, like a setting, like a dentist's office or something, like no, most people don't feel empowered to negotiate. You know, it's like, yeah, you got to negotiate and you got to know. And the whole money topic is kind of taboo. If you go out to dinner with people, some friends of yours, and you, you're not drinking and they order a couple expensive bottles of wine, the check comes and it's 300 bucks. And they're like, all right, let's split it. And you're like, actually, our dinner is like 70 bucks. Like, you guys got to pay the rest for the wine. That might be for some people, not cool people be like, oh yeah, they preempt and say, dude, we got wine. We'll just, just give me, give me like 50 bucks. Exactly. Bottles, be know? cool. Cool. cool people would do that. But if right. people, you know, are just like if you're at a table with a lot of people and you don't you didn't order all that, you know, it's like it becomes uncomfortable for people. You're the bad guy. You're saying something. But the reality is you're just standing up for yourself. You just this is fair. You're just standing up for what's fair. And so, you know, it's getting to like, well, you know, why should he eat an extra X amount of money for the rules? You know, it's sort of like you don't give a shit about him, just then he may as well max out every negotiating tactic he has but for fantasy players it's a huge headache but right. you do see how the player looks like the bad guy the player is nitpicking oh he's not reporting again what the hell you know but it's not like that it's just they've, they've kind of coaxed everyone into thinking oh this policy this is his policy he got yeah. franchised
1: so in that same vein i hate having to chase down people that like have borrowed money from me or whatever and i hate owing you know it's like okay be preemptive
3: Pay pay I, up hate when you guys, I hate chasing down money so much. And cause you look I like the bad guy. And it's the fact I, I look is like the you bad help guy. somebody else char- usually. Yeah. I'm not charging you interest on it. I'm not making right. money off of it. I didn't loan you this money to for, for profit. I said, here, I'll, I'll pay for this, just get me back tomorrow. And if you're not getting it back to me tomorrow, now we're in a bad spot. Now I'm the one who's got to chase it down. I actually turned down the Survivor Pool because the guy said, Hey, listen, um, don't send it to me. If you win, you just collect from everyone at the end. I don't know all the no, people. No, no. I'm not way. gonna go. I was like, I was like, dude. I understand why you don't want to collect, but no thanks. He's like, oh, I saw you signed up and didn't sign, and then canceled. Why'd you do? I was like, because I'm not collecting from these people. He's like, no, no, no. They're all cool, but I'm like, hell no. I'm not getting. I'm not. I don't want to be enraged when I win two thousand. I should have won three thousand, but I can't get five random usernames to. Send me the money that I'll never see again. That I'll never see. I don't even know them. Yeah, they're just no
1: usernames. That's exactly right. They're not people you know usually, too. That's the thing, yeah. and that that's really tough. If you don't know them that well, ugh,
3: yuck. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's a hassle. So pay, you know, pay your debts. Don't bet more than you can afford. When you lose, just cough it up. Remind people of bets you lost. That's a really good trait. You can build a lot of trust with people by reminding people of bets that you lost that they didn't even remember that you lost and then send them the money.
1: Yep. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, So, okay. Um, That was one thing I wanted to talk about. Um, A lot of blowouts this week. Are we reading, uh, reaching the point where we're getting some separation in the NFL? Some teams are kind of like the teams, like the Patriots, the smarter teams are kind of figuring out what to do and are attacking things. And other teams that are or maybe other teams have just have some critical injuries and all that teams like we will not name them like the Bengals, for instance, are starting to fall off the pack a little bit. And they are kind of being exposed.
3: Yeah, I think there's four teams that are just way better than everybody else. And it'd be fun to see them play. And some of them will play. Rams are going to play the Chiefs later in the year. So you got the Rams and Saints in the NFC. I mean, it's obvious that the teams with the best records pretty much. And you got the Patriots. Sorry, the Rams Rams and Saints and then you got the Patriots and Chiefs. The Chargers are interesting. The Steelers could be interesting. We'll see. Uh, the um, I, I still think the Vikings and Eagles could be interesting. Eventually, potentially, be interesting. Um, I'm really having a hard time thinking of anybody else. Ravens are the other one that could be, but the Saints were better in their own building. I kind of you know the, the Ravens' offense is just okay. It's not good. Yeah, I think the offense is kind of king now with the new rules. Not that the defense doesn't matter. I also think the Saints'
1: defense is better than it was earlier in the year. They've it's kind of figured better. that out a little bit yeah, too. Much better. much better. Yeah, Saints play Minnesota at Minnesota in the Sunday night game this this upcoming week. Uh, so that should be an interesting test too to see how just how interesting Minnesota what do you is. You think Do You think it's a them? No, I think Minnesota's got to be a favorite. I would say Minnesota two, I would say Minnesota minus two. Maybe one and pick.
3: a half. I think it's a straight pick. When do you That's, do your exercise so where you, you estimate
1: guess. the lines and then look at see what the real line is?
3: Tomorrow morning. I don't want to look yet because I yeah. don't want to spoil the other one. Yeah, hold on. That's fine.
1: We, but
3: if anything, it might even be Saints minus two or something, but I think it's a pick. At up. Minnesota? No, I don't think so. All right. I, you'll see. I will see. I, I'm saying pick them. You're saying plus two and a half or something, right? Yeah, I'm saying plus
1: two, maybe one and a half. One and a half to two. Well, that's Buddy Harris, but yeah, okay. Yeah, but I'm, I'm saying more closer towards between it. But I do think that the Saints are cons- going to be perceived as a better team, but I just don't think it's going to be that much yet. I mean, Minnesota's kind of finding their way.
3: They, they I think, kind of are, kind of.
1: Yeah, and they've had a ton of injuries lately. I, if they're healthier now this week, then I think they'll be pretty close. But I think that's going to be a good game. It's one I'm interested in. Here's a team that I think is the mis- one of the mystery teams in the NFL. They could be interesting. And they're facing Baltimore. They're hosting Baltimore. And that's Carolina. Fourth quarter comeback was really strong against the Eagles. You know, a lot of people are wringing their hands about the Eagles, but what about you know Carolina? I mean, they're not bad. I just you know they, they they're kind of baffling at times. They lo- I mean, I think because they you know they lost to the Redskins on the road. Uh, they 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 lost to the Falcons. Um, they did lose the Falcons, right? Yeah, they lost to them.
3: Yeah, they lost in Atlanta, but. thing about Carolina is they're kind of a weird wild wild card because cam can play so well and be so unstoppable when he's you know third and 12 and converting a first down and all this kind of weird thing i just don't think that ron rivera the defense isn't as good as it was last year the ron rivera coach team just don't think they're kind of like a weird wild card They, they may go nine and seven and they're kind the the of like the Bengals He's of kinda, the NFC. I was going to say that. I was going to say that. <laughs> I like the Bengals the fantasy. But yeah. they're not the Bengals are more boring. I mean, the Bengals are I mean, the Carolina's a boring team to watch. I'm not saying that. I mean, the Bengals are more boring in that like Andy Dalton's a pretty traditional quarterback. They have a number 1 receiver and they're you know, workhorse back. They're pretty traditionally built the Bengals. Whereas Carolina is a weird team where a running back sometimes they're number 1 receiver. They don't really have a number one receiver, but they have all these high draft picks that are in the mix somewhere, but then yet Jarius Wright is getting handoffs and targets, and, you know, they have Olsen back, but who knows when he's going to be hurt. <clears throat> so just such a weird, such a weird team.
1: Panthers. They are. They are very weird. Um, I, I think that the Chargers are interesting, except for their, you know, the whole, like, that's the thing is, they're you know, Chargers are 5-2. and two. They're only a game behind the Chiefs. But they, they they also lost directly to them, and that hurts them. Uh, but and, and they have no home crowd whatsoever. Uh, yeah, no one wanted them to go there. But they're kind of – they could be kind of good.
3: Well, Bosa come ba- could come back, and then all of a sudden the defense – Or he could have like, surgery, well-a-man. one
1: of the two. I mean, they right. don't know what's going on with Bosa. But, still.
3: I mean, their, their defense has been good without him the last few weeks. So if they ever yeah. got him back at full strength, it could really be a game changer. And – you know they I think maybe Anthony Lynn, I used to think he was a bad coach, but maybe he knows what he's doing like sometimes I start to think you know there's there's like organizations that are just incompetent and you're never gonna win with that coach, and then sometimes I start to think, oh well, maybe this guy's figuring it out. I can't remember what it was that made me think that, but there were a couple times they did some stuff, and I was like, oh, Sandy, you know this is not the this is not your you know, your father's chargers, not your father's, but our chargers when we were, you know, five years ago that they're always self-destructing. Maybe this team's different.
1: Yeah, I could buy. I could buy into that a little bit there. I and mean, it's just so hard to get past that DNA. It really is. Um, but we'll see. Uh, I, I do want to see more of their games. That's like that's like. A game I usually want to see. I get frustrated because they you know Rivers is so good at spread, spreading it around. I want like the narrow tree and he's like he makes receivers out of you know Sejiri Tutu and things like that. Uh you know, you see Tyrell winning. Did I mess did I mess that up? Of course I did. That's okay. Uh we have more breaking news lists. Huge breaking news that everyone's coming. You're say. Yeah, I mean
3: Marshawn Lynch, is that yeah. the one? That's going not on IR. News. Yep. That's not breaking news.
1: It's not even well. It's kind of breaking. You know, it's like oh, it might be a month. It might be IR. Now it's definitely.
3: Yeah, but IR. once Lynch was out a month on the Raiders, it's it effectively was effectively IR. Yeah, yeah,
1: of course. And so I saw a lot of people spending like crazy for Doug Martin, and I, I just I think you'd rather have Rashard if you want in a PPR league at the very least. And
3: is, is DeAndre Washington still on the roster?
1: I think so. I think he is. Um, he just hasn't because
3: done this it this it, year. It's you know sort of open season at this point. You know, once they totally. Yeah, he is. Yeah. I mean, cause you'll see Martin flop and then Richard will be the third down guy. Who knows? Anyway, it's not like this is deeply, you know, stuff, but yeah, I don't think Richard's going to get a lot of carries. So if it's not Martin, it's probably Deandre Washington or someone, you know, that we don't know about yet.
1: Yeah. Rashard does. Won't get carries. That's, that's right. He will not. Uh, he looked good in the passing game. Uh, a couple of times I saw against the Seahawks, he looked pretty good on a couple of plays uh i i seem to have caught a lot of rewatches of the raiders this year and that's my own fault but he he's looked all right he's looked like he's been able to make a guy miss or like get that extra yard after contact and things like that that other backs don't always get so i, I was kind of impressed by that but that that's also a very small sample too we'll see what i happens
3: want to see martavis there. go to work this is this is time because look this they may not be able to run it their defense isn't good and whether it's Carr or A.J. McCarron, A.J. McCarron might be competent. They, I mean, this is time. I mean, they could be in some crazy games where anybody can play quarterback in the NFL these days, It's it, unless it's Eli. And, like, the rules are so QB friendly. And if it's wide open, I mean, Martavis Bryant, they may just have, like, a schoolyard type of game plan. You know, like, just, just go out and do it. I don't know, man. Jared Cook's probably valuable. I mean, they may just lose, like, 37 to 10, but... Well, they're facing the hardest. Colts
1: this week. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually won that game.
3: Yeah, I mean, you'd I never be surprised. I'd say the line's going to be about nine. If it's eight, well, it depends where it is. Whether it's, Oakland it's at or, Oakland. Oh, so it'd probably be like three. You know, the line three and a half. Colts is a uh, road favorite. Okay, oh, they'll can, be a road favorite. They'll be a road favorite. I'll take the Raiders.
1: Sure. I'll take the Raiders. Well, I, I'm almost positive I'm going to take that. I'm going
3: to make it around three. Colts minus three would probably. i make making a pick them. The Colts have won twice, two games all year. No, no, I'm not, okay, I'm not saying my line's minus three. I haven't, I haven't thought about it hard enough, but I'm saying I think the line will be minus three. Okay, well, the funny thing is
1: the Colts, because they won in a blowout, they're, they're two and five, but they have a, a positive score differential this year.
3: Right, I mean, they've been, they've been toe-to-toe with a lot of teams, you know, they, they didn't even get blown out by New England in New England a couple weeks ago. It was you know, It wasn't a 14. close game. And they get a
1: garbage-time touchdown to make it. Oh, yeah, maybe. They went 21-14. to Same kind of with the Jets. I mean, they lost
3: by eight, but. It was like Andrew Luck working his magic, his uh, backdoor cover magic, trying to work it.
1: Yeah, he threw a
3: touchdown pass with uh,
1: 151 left to make it an eight-point game. So, you know, when you have to get an onside kick to have a chance at the tying score, it's not really that close. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, no, it's not. So.
1: There's that. But I am – I mean, the Colts are getting better, I and mean, Luck looks great-ish. I mean, his receivers are kind of eh. uh, – Rodgers has been okay. Obviously, Hilton caught two touchdowns. Uh, but the week before, his, his, against the Jets, the, the, the receivers were terrible. Uh, when they don't have Hilton, it's just a pretty weak crew.
3: Yeah, I mean, but you could say that about almost any team having a Hilton-level receiver if you remove their top guy. Okay, good know? point. Okay, so let's just say this. They have a weak supporting cast. I don't think so. I think when you have Hilton and Ebron, and if Mac looks pretty good, it's not that bad. Chester Rogers looks like an okay receiver. It's not that bad. Okay. All right. I That's wouldn't a... call it weak. I'd call it average.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. I, I just don't. I always I have this expectation of having a
3: decent second wide receiver, and I guess Rogers might be decent. I don't know. but He might not. He might not be decent, actually. But just when you have an elite number one and a pass-catching tight end, and Hines looks like at least he's a serviceable pass-catching back, and it's not that bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
3: And, uh, you, know, they, they, you know, maybe
1: they get O'Doyle back at some point, too. And that uh, – or Jack Doyle, excuse me. Not O'Doyle. I don't know why I say O'Doyle. But uh, they get him back. That, that changes things a little bit, too. Max back. That, that's made them better. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe I could buy them being a sneaky candidate. Hey, that in AFC South is still open. I mean, the, the Texans – That's wide are- open. Texans have won four in a row. They're four and three, and everyone else is three and four or worse, but I I still can see uh, the Colts making a run. Could happen. We'll see. I
3: I still hope Jacksonville does it because I want to see a team that has, like, a puncher's chance to upset somebody in the playoffs. There's just no point. Maybe the Texans, if if Clowney and Watt, you know, Watt's been really good this year, and if they kind of get it together. Bill O'Brien is such an idiot, though. I can't. I just can't. I can't see it. But I think, you know, I want to see Jacksonville's defense come together and figure out how not to destroy the game on offense and then <laughs> be a dangerous team. Game.
1: Nice, well played.
3: Well no well, I mean, you know, because you, you wanna you wanna see wild card games are like, well, look out, like Jacksonville looks like itself again and they you know, they beat the Steelers and they were good last year. So you wanna see playoff games that are kind of dangerous every single game, even against the best team.
1: That's true. It is true. I think the Colts defense could come around. They got a lot of young guys that I feel like they're going to get better over time. And I, I think you give Andrew Luck, a health, get a healthy Andrew Luck and a better functioning Colts offense, that's a puncher's chance too. I mean, I, and it's going to be a higher scoring game, which also appeals to me instead of a game grounded into the muck.
3: Yeah, I mean, Luck, I think Luck is really good. I've seen a couple seasons where he's kind of playing hurt with terrible, a lot of bad players around him and still just, slinging it all over the field. And I think he's kind of back to what he was. I think he's, I, want, I don't want to say he's underrated. He was the first overall pick and considered a generational prospect. And given the expectations, he's actually probably on balance in terms of results, disappointed. But I think the player himself is like a top five-ish. I mean, you could make an argument of Wentz versus Luck versus Rus- Russell Wilson. I know the results of those other two guys are better so far, but just in terms of, I have him right up there with all, all those guys.
1: OK, I can see when, it healthy. when healthy, when healthy, Win healthy. Yeah. And I have zero of them this year and kind of and I, for a while I felt pretty good about that. And now I, I could be wrong, could be wrong about that. I do have one or two Hilton shares. I have a couple Marlon Mack shares. Uh, and I, I, I do find that their games are watchable, at least. So that that puts them in the uh, that the uh, better than at least a third of the NFL, at least. So they've got that two
3: thirds. Yeah, two thirds yeah. are unwatchable. I'm, I'm not as pessimistic as you. Three quarters are unwatchable. Maybe there's three watchable teams. No, it's, it's just as Saints, many bottom five Chiefs. coaches are unwatchable teams. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. No, it's the, the, the Saints, Rams, Chiefs, and Patriots are all watchable. And then the Giants are watchable because I got Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley, and that's about it.
1: That's right. Okay. That's going to uh, close up uh, today's uh, talking, unless you got anything else you want to throw in there,
3: Chris? Yeah, I just want to say, you know, the two teams that are in the World Series, I haven't really been paying close attention to the playoffs. Those are my two most hated teams in baseball, the Red Sox and Dodgers. I hate those two teams and anybody with them I was rooting for the Brewers. I don't like the Astros, but I was, I'd rather them than the Red Sox. What a disaster.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I like the, see the thing is I like the players on both teams and I don't, obviously I'm not a Yankees fan, so I don't hate the Red Sox like you do. Um, I hate the Dodgers because of what they've done to their fan base, you know, not being able to watch the damn games. I mean, that that's and also it's kind of ingrained in me in my DNA as a uh, Reds and Dodgers used to be a thing growing up. So, is all, you know, Reds versus Dodgers, they used to be in the same division. It used to be those two teams every year. And so that's why I can't really root for them. Uh but it yeah, and, and but at the same time I like for instance Cody Bellinger a lot. I you know, you love Puig I love Kershaw.
3: I like Puig. I
1: like Jens. But I, like, I Kershaw, like Kenley Jansen I, you know, a lot. I just
3: hope both these teams lose. I wish there was a way they could just both lose and then they award it by lottery. The, the winner to like some team by lottery that didn't even make the playoffs. Maybe
1: uh, Bud Seeley will come back from the uh, from retirement to cancel another World Series. That could be
3: your hope. But that would be ideal. That really would.
1: Yeah. All right, Chris. So that's going to uh, cover it for this week. Uh, subscribe to Roadwire, slash pod Check out Fantasy Draft. Thanks again for uh, sponsoring us, Fantasy Draft, and Kalo. Thank you, too, Kalo. Uh, We will be back next week. Thanks for listening to Talking Yang.
2: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.